Church. I'm Leonard Lopate. A few months ago, we invited our favorite language experts, the brother and sister team of Catherine and Ross Petrus, to give us their take on the best new world words of last year. So we thought we might invite them back this time to tell us which words they hope to never hear again. Their most recent book is Awkward Moments, spelled A-W-K-W-O-R-D, Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And like there are other books on language, that doesn't mean what you think it means and you're saying it wrong. It's published by 10 Speed Press. They also have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. If you have a question on word usage, grammar, and pronunciation for Kathy and Ross, we invite you to call us at 212. 212- Two zero nine two eight seven seven. That's our on-air number, 212-209-2877. Kathy and Ross, welcome back to our show. Good to be here, Leonard. Well, sort of here. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for not saying thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we know better than that now, will you? <laughs> During this past year, we were hearing certain words and phrases over and over, like, in these unprecedented times. As the mm. pandemic appears to be receding, at least for now, are we ready to drop those terms into the trash bin of linguistic history? Phrases like quarantine pods, contactless delivery, and Zoom fatigue? Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> the one that Ross and I both talk about that we're both really sick of is jab. I mean, jab has got a legitimate reason for being. But at this point, I mean, at the beginning, it was sort of nice to say instead of shot, a jab, cute. OK, it was a little lighter. But for God's sake, stop already, you know? <laughs> what about the new normal? How do we know when we've reached a new normal and when it's no longer new? I don't think we've got rules. That's the one that, on some level, I get the reason for it. I mean, the thing that fascinated me was I never realized the new normal actually first appeared after World War One. Oh, really? Um, everybody, yeah. Everybody thinks it, it really hit the mainstream um, recently during the 2008 financial crisis. And online, if you look it up, people always go, oh, yeah, that's when it started. No, it was after World War One. In what, um, it was in whole what context? In what context? Well, it was a transition to a new world. I mean, that was, quote, the war to end all wars. Yeah. So after World War One, it was like, we have a brand new world. This is now normal. The old world prior to that huge war doesn't exist anymore. And but it, now we were calling it the American century at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, I was going to say, remember that. but we I don't remember that, it. But. I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> but yeah. And now, I mean, now it's just pretty much anything and everything. I mean, to some degree, there's a validity to it. Because, I mean, post-pandemic or in the middle of the pandemic still, it is different. I mean, we know that, like, wearing a mask is the new normal. I, I feel odd without one half the time. I mean, which is very strange when I think about it. I mean, little kids, to them, I think mask wearing is the norm. That's what you do. I think, though, that we're applying new normal to anything and everything now, and it's getting a tad overused. And I'm with you when you say, when, <laughs> what's the old normal and when, when do we have the newer normal, you know? <laughs> you recently dedicated a podcast to the most overused and annoying words, the ones that you'd like to get rid of. What are some of the words you feel have been overused and should be retired? Um, I am personally 
really, really sick of obsessed. <laughs> this is a personal thing. It ends up being in my uh, email box with everything and anything. Uh, I'm obsessed with this. Seven looks we're obsessed with, or so-and-so is obsessed. Oh, right now I keep seeing Wordle. The internet is obsessed with this word game. It's like, Everything is so obsessive. We used to say liked. Mm -hmm. I like this a lot. You know, this is really fun. But no, I'm obsessed. And it's it's a little excessive, I think. <laughs> obsessive is excessive. I got it. <laughs> I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> and, and listeners, if you have a word you would like to remove from the language, we invite you to call us. The number is 212-209-2877. But please, the FCC asks us not any four-letter words, so <laughs> don't get us in trouble there. Uh, again, the number 212-209-2877. A lot of the most annoying words seem to be related to social media, and one of them is influencer. When was that word first used? I detest that word, I, and you, you can't escape them. Um, that started, I, I believe, the first, uh, gee, now I'm going to think, it was 2016, I think, and then it skyrocketed thereafter, and it's become so, uh, I, I think for me, it's, again, it's so overused that what is an influencer at this point? Well, okay, it's an influencer, all, somebody who uh, influences people's ideas, or in many cases, isn't it somebody who goes online to promote some product? And that's what it, it, it's not. I mean, it, it first actually was used in the 1600s <laughs> in a very different context because we did not have Instagram back then. <laughs> and, it, and it was just someone one who or, or something that influences others, which is legitimate. But yeah, now it's just pretty much you have a, a media account, a social media account, and you, you get money to say, you know, sell, I don't know, I'm wearing this sweater, I use this massage oil. And the thing that freaked Ross and me out was uh, there are now new breakoff terms for influencer. They've got Thinkfluencer, which I'm not quite sure what that even means. Sync micro think T H I N K. Wow. Which is like I guess a thought influencer, but I don't quite grok that. Micro influencer, so that's like on the very level, tiny, <laughs> tiny level, and nano influencer. Whoa, it's like bigger time. Boy, I yeah, I can't <laughs> handle it anymore. I really can't. When did, uh, when did it come to mean what it does today, someone with a lot of followers on social media? Um, it actually was fairly recent, and I'm trying to find – hold it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get Ross on one at the same time because he, he – Yeah, where's Ross? Uh, he's supposed to be here, and I'm trying to get him connected at the same time that we're talking, which is loads of fun. I feel I feel like an influencer <laughs> on, the, on the nano level. <laughs> I thought he was just – Feeling, yeah, I was starting to feel like he wasn't going, didn't want to be an influencer. Yeah, yeah. What's the matter with him? <laughs> um, I can't find my notes now about influencers, so you're going to have to like. It started in the to hit this term. It was mainly in I think I don't know why I've got 2016 in my head, but I do, and I can't find it now. It was it was it was not as long ago as we think, but it's gotten huge. Well, it's it's kind of scares me at times because when people are identified as influencers, it's usually somebody I don't really think should be influencing anyone. 
Thank you. I, I feel like the I Kardashians feel very about that. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Well, that we go back to remember when there was a life without Kardashians. Yeah. I, I actually don't at this point. It's the new normal. <laughs> Advertising and marketing can be blamed for overused words like branding. It's been mm -hmm. used in the advertising world for a long time. But when did it become a trend to have for people to have their own brand? That is something that disturbs me a lot because speaking as a writer, um, we're, we're, we're often asked about how we, how, how we can increase our brand. Ross and I are supposed to be branding ourselves more and not like legitimately, you know, not literally with, you know, skin, thank heavens. But um, you've got the branding and then platform. That's the one that also, it's like if you're branded, you're building your brand by increasing your platform. And I think these terms are tossed around so willy-nilly. They, they're they're commoditizing uh, humans, and and I, there's something to my mind sort of frightening about that. I, I don't know. It's it it sort of shrieks of some sort of horrible, you know, futuristic, inhuman world. Well, platform you mentioned, it, it comes from technology and other words like bandwidth and end user. Are they all words that have been expanded from their original technical meanings to apply to more general things? Absolutely. And, and, and the one thing I've got to stress is there is a, a legitimacy to them when used in their proper place, I think. And, and I think they're, 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 they're useful. They mean something. But there's something they've spread. They've extended, as we say. Uh, the usage is extended so much into, into like non-technical things. It, it ends up, I think, a, they sound overused to me. B, as I said before, I think they, they make for some sort of a commoditization of, of humanness. Uh, and, and C, they just are really getting irritating, <laughs> to be blunt. Well, do you think people think it makes them seem more intelligent to say, I don't have the bandwidth to deal with that right now, instead of the more <laughs> common word, I don't have the patience to, to deal with that yeah, right now? I think so. I think they think it sounds like smarter. I think it sounds like they think they think it sounds more modern. I'm like sort of on the cutting edge. I'm like, you know, yeah, I don't have the bandwidth for that. I, I think it's so tired. Uh, I don't have the bandwidth for it, you know, <laughs> frankly. If you would like to join the conversation, I'm speaking to my listeners. Again, the number is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Um, other un overused words come from teen slang, like whatever, Wait, what? And and chill out. Do those words tend to be used less as, as they use as grow up, or do they wind up being recycled by the next generation? That's a really interesting question. I, I think uh, there's a, two answers to that. First of all, speaking as a former teenager, but that was many years ago, I find I still use my teenage slang. I don't use current slang. I don't say awesome, but I still say cool, I, I, which is, you know, kind of ludicrous sometimes coming out of my mouth with gray hair, but I do it. Um, I think that some of it's recycled. I, I noticed recently gross we used to say all the time uh -huh. oh that's gross uh -huh. and it disappeared for uh several decades and i've seen an amazing resurgence i've started reusing it again i see it online now all the time and it's younger people using it so uh, gross went out of style and now it's back so but, i think there is a cycle to some degree mm -hmm. well you mentioned cool which i associate with the beat generation but also 
Groovy is another one of those words from the, the hippie era. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we recycle them as we need them. I think so. And I think oddly, the one thing with teenage slang is to use cool again, there's the cool factor. And I think there comes a point when something old is new again, cool again. Well, that's so, a, nice, a nice song. Everything old is new again. <laughs> Shall I start singing it? <laughs> so you don't want to hear it. Trust me, Leonard. <laughs> I'll be quiet. But um, yeah, I think I think there is some sort of like a life cycle of, of uh, quote, cool slang. Groovy is one I never got into. Into. Got into. Gosh, that's mm. that's like from teenage <laughs> years. Hello, can you guys hear me now? Yes, Yay! we can hear you. <laughs> well, I had a hard, a devil of a time to use an old idiom getting on. <laughs> For some reason, my Zoom, were you guys talking about words we don't want to hear again? Zoom is one of them right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I could see Kathy. I could hear you both talking away. And I was trying, I'm on a cell phone Zoom right now, so I'm hoping the sound comes through. No, it's fine. It sounds good. It's great. Uh, I'm sure okay, well, there, there were things you wanted to say about what we've been talking about. So, Ross, go ahead. Well, the first thing I wanted to say, Leonard, is, and I heard you all talking about mm-hmm. it. At first, I thought, oh, boy, Leonard's really rude because you said, what words do you not want to hear? And I said, the new normal. Two seconds later, I hear a letter going, you know what I really hate is the new normal. So, <laughs> so I've learned a lesson, though. I mean, you know, basically, I've got a guess of what I'm hearing. But I don't like to hear the new normal. I agree with both of you on slang. And I missed because I was panically, uh, panickedly trying to go through um, uh, uh, various words. I missed some of what you guys were talking about. So Slang. <laughs> we're, we're, on, we're talking about slang getting recycled. And I said to have... Gross has gotten recycled. Gross, hmm. I used to use a lot as a, as a kid. I don't use it at all anymore. It has been, and now it's being used, and we both noticed that recently. Mm-hmm. I, and then, of course, grocery people use it. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm pained right now. I know, I just love the fact that the English language has so many words that can mean totally different things. Mm hmm. Like gazpacho. <laughs> yes, like gazpacho. How did that? Well, she is um, really good. <laughs> She's contributing an awful lot to the language. Me. As an aside on gazpacho, uh, one, someone commented us on Twitter, you never say Gestapo police, though, either. So it's like it's like this weird combo deal. It's like not only is it gazpacho instead of gazpacho, but do you say you don't say Gestapo police? Yeah. No, she's claiming it was all a joke now that she was trying to troll us all, which I really don't believe at all, but whatever. We uh, have a a bunch of people calling in, so let me remind everyone that uh, you're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. Our number here is 212-209-2877. And my guests are Catherine and Ross Petrus. our language experts who visit us on a regular basis, uh, their most recent book is Awkward Moments, A Lively Guide to 100 Terms Smart People Should Know. Today we're talking about things that we probably don't want to hear. And let's, <laughs> uh, let's go to some of those calls. Okay. BAI, you're on the air. Hello, hello. Hi. How are you? Okay. I regularly listen to the show. 
And I particularly remember calling last time and talking about how I just can't stand hearing the word multiple anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and happy to say, I haven't heard it that much since the last time we spoke. <laughs> well, you had that. You obviously had a real impact. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> uh, what what about I'm, that word impact, which has suddenly become uh, a a verb? Okay. Anyway, that's a whole other matter. Yeah, caller, yeah, what do you um, want to talk about? I want to actually uh, highlight how I'm noticing that people, including yours truly and myself, we've all done it, break away from standard English, and we leave out the Mm. L-Y. For example, and you even ended the last time these guests were on your show saying, if you regularly call, please leave a donation. And it just, it irritates me that people aren't saying regularly or particularly. I mean, what? why are people abbreviating when it's incorrect? Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> I guess he's a regular the, listener. <laughs> that's an interesting trend, <laughs> though. We do tend to drop a lot of times in language. We drop endings, middles. It's, it's basically a linguistic trend that spans uh, millennia. We've always done it, and we always will do it. It depends on which area of the word you're, you're dropping, but it does happen a lot. Well, isn't it just because we're all sort of lazy? I mean, not to, to sound flip, but, you know, we're lazy. It's quick. You know, you know, the other person knows what you're talking about. So it's just, it's easier. Just sort of work. Should we take another call? Yes. Okay. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, hello, Leonard. How are you? I'm okay. I'd like, uh, like to dismiss this word, Leonard. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Here and everywhere. I don't know what people are talking about. <laughs> Oh, God, I use it all the time. <laughs> i got to admit. I like to think I'm being, like, you know, emphatic. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have a bad connection there, but, yeah, absolutely is a, a word that suddenly we're hearing an awful lot. I, I guess it's just a way of saying I agree with you. Mm-hmm. In a very emphatic sense. Yeah. I trust you. I trust you absolutely. There are two different really meanings. One sort of like, yeah, I trust you. One, I really trust you. So I think. Although, uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off for us, but I was going to say, as someone who uses it all the time, I got to admit it can be excessive because I'll just say, like, do, do you want the salt? Absolutely. Yeah, you I mean, do. it's just salt. You know, yeah, you, well, I mean, calm down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'd like the salt. Please pass it over. You don't have to say absolutely. Okay, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Yeah, I, I love you guys. Um, a quick comment and then a question. The quick comment is I remember, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago that Gravitas made it into the lexicon used a lot of times by news people. But here, and, and Rush Limbaugh, my former buddy. Here's my question. Wait, what's the word again? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it well. Gravitas. gravitas. Oh, Gravitas, okay. Yeah, but that's maybe 10 years ago. But here's my question. When the hell did the narrative controlling the narrative hmm. he has a, when did that make it so big it sounds like everybody thinks they're english professors anyway <laughs> that's a great um, question because you're absolutely right it, it it has become huge you, you do talk about that you're absolutely right now what do you think ross that it became huge i've started hearing it about 10 years ago i think it's a really interesting question and i want to follow this up now go I on think- sorry looking online as we speak to see when did people start using it. I, I'm looking right now to see 
we, we sometimes we can check something called Google Ngram, which lists how many times people have used, when people use a certain word, when did it come into being. And as we speak, I'm checking, controlling the narrative. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting question because I hear it everywhere and I hate it. It, it drives me crazy. Uh, controlling the narrative. This is interesting. It was basically, there was a slight blip in terms of its usage in the 1860s. And then, <laughs> wow. And then, yeah, indeed. And then it, I it wasn't slightly there. went up yeah. through the 80s. That's when I the just 90s. first started doing radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> but it boomed in the, uh, the mid-2000s, about mm. 2010. Oh. It just skyrocketed. It uh, right. went Controlling up. the narrative. So yeah. it's a very recent term. There's a slight tendency to use it in the 1940s, but mm. it okay. zoomed in the, in, uh, the 2010s. I don't like, I don't like the term. I don't like how it sounds. I don't think it really means anything much. It, you know, I got a story to tell you. You know, I have a story. Okay, could you get closer to your phone? Um, I I thought I was real close. Okay, but, uh, go ahead. Anyway. No, I'm just, you know, it's. A synonym is story, which I much prefer. I have a story to tell you. Anyway. Okay. I think it's a more bureaucratic term, really, to me, it sounds like. I think it goes back to what we were saying before with some of the other things, like bandwidth, whatever. I think it's people think it makes them have more gravitas, actually, if you will. I think that they do think that. Well, what about phrases like no worries and no no problem? I know I use no problem. Um, have they become overused? You talk about the fact that the most common response to thank you appears to have changed from you're welcome to no problem. Uh, does your welcome now sound archaic and overly formal to most people? This is one where Ross and I disagree. Mm. I'm a no problem, no worries person. Totally. Ross is a you're welcome person. So yeah, I, um, I use it sometimes, but I, to me, like when you go to a restaurant, which we used to do two years ago. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> but when I went to, when I would go to a restaurant, when, I, when the server goes, no worry, I'd like to order the pizza, no worries. It strikes me as like, they're sort of implying that I'm bothering them. And they're saying, no, don't worry. And I don't like it for that reason. Can I, can See, to me, it just more? sounds casual and fine. I like it. I guess it's a matter of whether it's used correctly or misused. That's all. Uh, when when the, the waiter says it, it's obviously it is not um, as appropriate as uh, somebody says, uh, I hope I'm not disturbing you with something. You say, no worry, no problem. That's Am that's I true. On? That one, yeah. I'm not against it for that usage. <laughs> okay. Thank you, caller. Let's uh, go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi there. Is it me? Yeah, you. Okay, thank you. Hi, Leonard. Uh, great show as usual, and I'm really happy to be able to participate. It's great. And we're glad to have um, you I'm on the line. A brief list of the things that have been bothering me over the last year, words, and with the, with, the, with the most troublesome one for last, if you just bear with me. The word, and these are words that make me cringe, and cringe is one of the words that make me cringe. <laughs> uh, one is nuanced. The next one is passion. Next one is inclusive. Then there's architecture, self-care, the misuse of the of of your as a possessive versus a uh, you are contraction, mm-hmm. which is you know internet-based. The word freedom, 
Don't take it personal instead of personally. Oh, arr, sorry. <laughs> and uh, no problem instead of thank you, meaning that mm. they, they are differentiated uh, very, uh, not, and not subtly. And but, the worst one of all is acronyms. But getting, but, but wait, but, but getting back to no problem. In Spanish, isn't the common response to gracias the phrase de nada? It's nothing. De nada. Uh, it's exactly. It's interesting that you say that. So, so, Spain, so, so saying no problem is pretty much doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not because it, it, there wasn't a problem to begin with. If I go there and I want extra help from somebody because there was a problem originally, then. Uh, it, it, they didn't. If they if they had to go out of their way to begin with, and they and they did so, and it wasn't a problem mm. for them, then it would fit. But just as a, as an ordinary exchange, thank uh, you're welcome is, is is something that I was brought up uh, to be you know to respond to. Okay. I don't really have a no problem a problem with no problem, but I'm so with you on don't take it personal as opposed to personally. Ooh. That one just sets my teeth on edge. That one I feel very strongly about. Not strong. <laughs> Thank you for your call. Um, uh, next, uh, I'd like to switch gears a bit and, and talk about pronunciation. I received an email from a listener with a question about the pronunciation of the word data and whether it should only be pronounced with a long A, data, or whether the, sh- the listener says she hears it being pronounced like the word data. Uh, which, of course, is an art movement. Um, or can Dada be... <laughs> Where's Dolly? Um, <laughs> I think, isn't it? I, I believe that Data is the American, whereas Dada, isn't Dada more UK, Rose? I, Dada, I don't know. UK. Okay. Um, I'm actually sort of curious, though, because the Latin would have been dot. I mean, does it really matter how the Latin said it, how Romans said it? I don't think it does. Mm. Yes, it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Basically, according to their pronunciation, you could say it either way. And it really depends on where you're from, as Kathy just said. I can hear it right now. I'm listening to a British pronunciation. And well, they're saying it. And, it, you know, it, it really doesn't matter, I don't think. Well, we, we have a number of th- uh, things where there's a British pronunciation. You've talked about the word often, which has a T in the, uh, the middle. It's usually silence. But um, I do hear some people pronouncing the T saying often. Uh, uh, is this seen as an affectation, a way to sound British? I think to some degree it is. I think that we have um, a lot of words, although you don't say salmon to sound you know, more. But I do th- the T issue, Russ and I discussed that in a podcast, um, yeah. gosh, a few months ago, I think. Mm. And, and the often, often is, is uh, definitely a British-American diff. And, and I do think a lot of people think that it sounds classier. The other one that gets me, I've complained about this to Ross a lot of times, is literally, is how one says oh, it, yeah. but literally, people say, and for some reason they think that sounds like, oh, so much more erudite. And I but don't know even, why. even the use of the word literally annoys me sometimes. Uh, they say <laughs> it was literally dark outside. Well, yes. it was dark outside. Why do we have to say literally? <laughs> it bothers me, too. <laughs> so <laughs> well, going back to data, data is the prefer or is the normal American pronunciation. Yeah. But data is listed in Merriam-Webster and all the dictionaries. It's also oh, so it's okay normal. to say it. Oh, I, I won't correct people anymore. 
I'll, instead, I'll say, no problem. Let's uh, try to take a, sneak another call in here before we have to go to a little break. Uh, BAI, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon. It's Chris from Connecticut. Leonard, how are you? Russ and Catherine. We're, hey, how you doing? We are well. All right. Am I loud enough? Yes, you're good. Yes. Okay, great. Well, I have a uh, sort of a, a manifesto of things that I, I carry around as a joke when somebody wonders what's wrong with um, English here in the U.S. It's a, um, and I'll, 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 I'll say to the person next to me, um, and I'll, I'll list these things, and you guys can take them apart on the air if you like. I'd appreciate to hear what you think. Um, this is the United States. We speak American here, not English. We say nuclear, not nuclear. We tell someone where we're at, not where we are. We ask, not ask someone where you're at. We use fire exits to escape, to ex, to escape rather, a burning building. And we need to know the height, TH, of that building so that we send the correct apparatus. Our calendar now has 13 months, the 13th month being February. February. Uh, we give somebody something instead of giving it to them. Um, what else? Um, you know, oh, everything drops today, by the way. A new something drops <laughs> in the stores or whatever. Uh, movies drop. Hmm. So-and-so's new record album drops next month. How about the word release, like we're supposed to, or, or launch a new website, not drop everything. Um, and finally, <laughs> assigning names to people whose actions or attitudes we disagree with. Uh, there's a group out there, people who refer to the president as uh, Brandon for Biden, if you know what I mean. Mm, it's yes. Um, term in front of it, which I won't say here, but, uh, and then uh, another one which makes me sick is uh, Karen, uh, supposed to be rude or entitled feeling individual. How about just calling them what they are instead of Karen? I feel sorry for anyone, a woman named Karen, a perfectly nice person named Karen. Well, I'm going to have a glass of espresso before But those are all, those are all good points. Kathy and Ross, I'm sure you agree. Totally. No, no arguments with any of them. No, no arguments. None whatsoever. <laughs> no. Well, thank you so much for your call. And this is WBAI New York 99. I'm streaming live at WBAI.org. You say either. I say either. You say neither. And I say neither. Either, either, and either, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, and I like potato. You like tomato, and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. We're back with uh, Catherine and Ross Petrus, uh, who are regular visitors to our show here. And uh, they have a, a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong and uh, a number of books. The most recent one is Awkward Moments, spelled A-W-K-W-O-R-D, and uh, it is misspelled on purpose. Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know, published by 10 Speed Press. Um, we, uh, before we get to some more of the calls, uh, he, he, we're talking about either, either, tomato, tomato. Um, so this is a, a matter of uh, Americans wanting to sound British. Neither, neither. Neither, neither. I think, neither. So. I think 
to some degree. Actually, the, the neither, neither, either, either, a lot of times it's what precedes it or, or uh, follows it is what um, determines whether yeah. you do it with the long or yeah. a short. For um, example, I don't want either of them, but you could say either will do. Yeah. <laughs> We were talking about it once. Remember, Ross? I don't remember when it was exactly. But when do we do it? And and we're trying to figure out, was there a pattern? And um, in the midst of talking about it, we were breaking whatever pattern there might have been, you know, right and left. So I still haven't figured it out. But generally, though, either and neither are um, American and neither and either are English. I mean, that tends to be the general pronunciation. But sometimes the words seem to fall. We were noticing with ourselves, and we did look at a couple of uh, technical articles. They weren't that satisfactory. But we noticed we vary either and either when we speak. So, But we don't really- say tomato unless we're being British. Well, I hope not, <laughs> personally. <laughs> but we also hear words like affluent with the stress on different syllables. Yes, uh, they do. Some affluence versus affluent. Is that a regional difference in the United States between the North and the South? I haven't noticed that in the South. Well, affluent. I haven't noticed that. I have no- we're not saying aluminium, are we? <laughs> Yet? But actually, Chris, I'm going to ask you right now, how do you pronounce the thing you put your car in? A G-A-R word. I say garage, but I know people do say garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I say garage, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we have a British friend, and I was regaling with him. I mean, he was throwing out all these A-G-E words, and all of them he pronounced with the opposite uh, stress, which I thought was interesting. Which so would, he says would, baggage bagage? No. <laughs> Garbage? <laughs> but, yeah, that's actually true. It, those I'll give them. But barrage, he said, what well, barrage, he said, actually. Instead of barrage? Really? Oh, barrage. Wow, that's barrage weird. balloons, Yes. Interesting. He was talking about World War II with they put balloons over uh, <laughs> London, and then he said barrage balloon, Ooh. which is what we need to ask him about it. Should we take some more calls because we're being barraged by callers? Our I think num- we're being barraged by callers, Leonard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> BAI, you're on the air. Uh, I-, I was also wondering about some of the risque. Uh, overtones, innuendos of a lot of, of some expressions. Uh, for instance, you mentioned uh, earlier a uh, groovy coming from the hippie mm. generation, but actually, uh, I think of uh, Anita O'Day and Roy Eldridge in that song. Uh, you know, uptown. You know, you know, come here, Roy, and get groovy. Mm. Uh, or dingling. That's one. When I heard it as a kid, I thought, oh. You know, that's all oh, a ding Oh, my ding ling yeah. Chuck Berry, yeah. yeah. It's like a little, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. when, I heard my, uh, when I heard my father say it, my mother got angry. Like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? So, uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I think there's a lot of that going on that people just don't pick up on so much anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think they, they should be, you know, just uh, expressed. <laughs> it's true, though. I think so often euphemisms are, are law. You've got them so you can get away with stuff. And then people get to the point where they're not even aware that it initially was something else. You know what I mean? No, actually, I remember that as a kid. I said, that sucks. And my oh, uncle yeah. heard me say that and called me into my mother. He called mom, <laughs> Kathy. And they said, 
never use that, that word again. I remember that, Ross. I actually remember that. <laughs> well, I wonder where, where that comes from. Do you think it has think a sexual innuendo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hmm. Okay, well, thank you for your call. Um, uh, in one of your recent podcasts, you talked about something called medial cluster reduction. What does that mean? And what does that have to do with pronunciation? <laughs> okay, that that is a really. I mean, do you want, do you really want to get into the linguistics of it? Yeah, well, for say. a moment, it's just <laughs> we're expanding our horizons here. <laughs> From sucking to medial cluster reduction. Oh, no problem. <laughs> a consonant cluster ends in a stop, and it's followed by another consonant or cluster in the next syllable. The final stop in the first syllable is often elided. Now, that is a technical pronunciation. You, we can now, we have Y cluster reductions, H cluster reductions. Um, T's. T's uh, is the biggie. Yes. There we go back to our soft 10, mm. hasten, <laughs> fast 10, listen, as they used listen. to be pronounced. Yeah. Yes, list 10, you're right. Yeah. And then we also have things like soldier. We don't say, you know, we 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 rely that D th the LD thing. We, you know, we, it's very common in English. So I've always wondered why, in some cases, the T is pronounced, and in other cases, it isn't. Um, thistle, bristle, whistle, castle. On the other hand, listed, fasted. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that that occurs with how the sounds coalesce when you're when you're saying them but they're also think they're also when they have rules a lot of times the rules are violated believe it or not in english as well we have butter and but we have butter butter and butter mm. butter we have all three mm. types of coalesce you know coalescing changes there for example does there's this, no go ahead. rule does this pronounce a problem for people who are learning to speak english i was thinking of the word l-e-a-d uh, when it refers to a oh, mineral, God, it's yeah. lead, and uh, and it's lead when it refers to being in charge. The EA combination Ooh. is constantly variable. Bread, tread, dead, but then it's flea, bead, reed. Uh, I, I, I just can't imagine somebody coming uh, to this country and seeing those words and, and uh, knowing how to pronounce them. Oh, I think it's a nightmare. I actually, I, I, I'm reminded of, this sounds really dumb, but the I Love Lucy episode where I think Ricky Ricardo, is talk, it's O-U-G-H. Uh -huh. And he's talking about like cough. He had a coo. Yeah. And she says, no, it's yeah. cough. And he says, and he went throff and it's through and it's you know, so on and so forth. Yes. Yeah, really? Yes. So I, I can't imagine. It must be uh, I, all it's credit to anyone learning English, yes. really. Brought. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Okay, well, should we take some more calls? Sure. Our number, again, uh, is 212-209-2877. If you want to speak to uh, Catherine and Ross Petrus, BAI, you're on the air. Yeah. Um, I have two, two uh, examples I'd like to give. Okay. Um, on an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Jerry is talking to Ricky Gervais, or is it Gervais? But that's not the point. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky says to Jerry, he's talking about the difficulties of being in poverty. Poverty. Uh, he, mm -hmm. he's, he's referencing poverty. 
it, Jerry actually does this kind of cute thing about giving up on the word halfway and leaving out at least two letters. It was just really kind of funny. Um, but <laughs> Is that glottalization? Yeah, that's what I was to say. That's T-glottalization. Or is it oh. tapping? Ross, this is where I always get confused. T-glottalization or tapping? Um, it's, uh, say it again. Papa A. Papa T. That's T-glottalization. That's glottalization. Yeah, that's T-glottalization. Yeah. Okay. All right, here's the one that drives me crazy. We're going to take a deep dive mm. into this subject. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. How, old, how old is that? How old is that garbage? <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna learn more. You know, I'm gonna present stuff. No, it's a deep dive. We had deep dive in a recent article we wrote as a pet. Did we, we, if, I don't think we put it in, Ross, but I think we talked well, about I, putting it. I think she cut it deep. out because she okay, wanted she to do a deep dive. <laughs> I'm gonna go to my Google Ram viewer and explain that deep dive. Again, took off in the uh, late 2000s. 2010, yeah. it soared. Ugly. There was a brief little blip again in 18, <laughs> this time in 50, 1965, wow. 2000, it took off. I hate deep dive. You take it, I mean, let's take a shallow dive into the top. <laughs> really? Right. Uh, <laughs> Goodbye, Nat. Let's talk, yeah. let's talk about <laughs> it, okay? We're going to talk about it. Well, we could just go, go deeply into a subject, can't we? Do we have to take a deep dive? Apparently, yes. It's yeah. the new normal, Leonard. <laughs> it's, it's horrible, right? But thanks again. Well, thank you for your call. And let's take another call. BAI, you are on the air. Yeah, Ross, I'll tell you what bothers me. When you talk to somebody and they all of a sudden start saying, can I be honest with you? And also when people <laughs> use the word, people use the word, you got an attitude. What, what does that mean, attitude? You got an attitude. You well, first, let's get to, can I be honest with you? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ross that is, is going to take this isn't one. <laughs> That's I a warning. That is my pet peeve with my sister. <laughs> you mean, you, 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 you know, can I be honest with you? I'm really tired. It's like, uh, I, I, I hope you're going to be honest with me, and I know you're tired. He always does it. I'm sorry. Kathy. I do. I do. No, it's true. I, I admit it. I admit it. I, I heard him say, can I be honest with you? I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm screwed <Absolutely>. here. <laughs> well, perfectly honest. That's your other favorite one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I also say, yes. let me be frank. Let me be frank. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, for example, let's get back to perfectly honest. Can I be perfectly honest? Well, what is the alternative to be only slightly honest? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't know me enough, Leonard, honest. but yes. <laughs> it's, I, I, see, the problem I have, because I use these things, I say, let me be perfectly honest. It's like a filler. I'm, I'm, I'm getting yeah. my thoughts in, in line. So I go, oh, let me be honest with you, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I see. You know what I mean, too. I just realized yes. that. Never mind. Well, we I have, have to these, go now. <laughs> we have these cliches that we just we lean on. They're they're fillers, aren't they? They are. That's that's exactly what they are. Actually, linguistically, thinking, you know, we're thinking of other things as we say it, and we're thinking of things to sound to sound you know to sound more coherent later. That's what we do. We we use fillers. Caller, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, when people say, you know, he's got like an attitude, the word attitude, why do people freely throw that word around? And the word genius, he's, that word genius cultivates the entire lexicon. But what does that mean? He's a genius. You know, that bothers me. 
it's a, you're right though, because both attitude and genius have become like they're not yet uh, meaning something different than they or, or already did, but they 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 they've extended again. Attitude was a very specific thing, and now attitude means something very different. It means like attitude means annoying, highfalutin, yeah. or whatever. It didn't that's, used to mean that at all. Oh, that's called in in linguistic terms. That's called pejoration. It takes a word and, it, and somehow via evolution, the word becomes has a meaning that it takes on that's a worse meaning. Attitude, as Kathy just said, used to just be in a way of thinking or feeling. Now, when you say he has an attitude, you're saying he has a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The word yes. is literally before as we watch, as we see it. Attitude has suddenly become bad attitude. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, my guests on today's Leonard Lopez at Large are Kathy and Ross Petrus, the authors of Awkward uh, Moments, A Lively Guide to 100 Terms Smart People Should Know. Uh, that doesn't mean what you think it means, and you're saying it wrong, all published by 10 Speed Press. And we are taking your calls at 212-209-2877. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Thank Hello. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying your program as usual. Uh, I want to make a statement. You know, your field of uh, linguistics is, is very important in our current environment because the average person's voice is seldom, if ever, heard now. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you have ever created, if you've created any words that you feel are, let's say, more efficient than the uh, traditional English uh, language provides, you know, something we that's can a, skip to the chase. That's a really interesting question. I'm going to use, this is really minor, but... Um, Kathy and I both use a word when we write now, and we're editing each other's words. Uh, and the term, believe it or not, refers to flensing. Do you know the word flens? Flens is a is a word that usually referred to when whalers would uh, slice the fat from a carcass. Hmm. And we both say flens now when we're editing each other's work, and not in a pejorative way, but we're getting rid of the fat. There's a lot of, Kathy and I both like to talk a lot, and when we write, we tend to, like, go overboard or we're very prolix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll go, we're going to flens. Kathy, I flens. What, I think it's really good what you wrote, but I flens to the bit. That's mm. not a new word creation, but it's a new meaning. And I think we're the only people who ever use it because, we, of course, we made it up. And we've actually gone to editorial conferences or whatever and said things like, yeah, Kath flens it. I think it looks really good now. And we have editors looking at it. It's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> well, you could have said cut out the fat. No. Have, but but Flens is is our is, Flens is our lexicon now. Mm-hmm. Flens is actually our the the, the official Petrus <laughs> lingo. <laughs> so you, that's that's a, a kind of a, a private language, uh, and mm-hmm. but families do have private language, don't they? Yes, and that's also a word get out though. That's actually literally how words are created. And then they, you know, Kathy, I doubt Flens is going to take off, but who knows? Maybe I- Let's work on it, Ross. Come on. Yeah. We can do it. But that's literally Hello? how linguistics occurs. Well, we have a huge Hello? audience, and uh, I'm Hi. sure a fair Hello. number of them are going to start flensing. Uh, Hello? <laughs> Hello? Should be? Um, do you, you call, do you want to say something else? 
Yes, I, I think cleanse it is a, is a very efficient and um, cleanse has a dramatic feel to it. It sounds it's it's quite it's quite good. I think I'm going to start using it. Uh-huh. We do okay, definitely thank you. Dialogue, you <laughs> Please <know>? do. <laughs> a lot of dialogue is nonsensical. Just one other thing. Um, thanks for that. I, I do like deep dive. I think we need to really probe deeply into concepts. We don't do that anymore. I think that's one of the problems of language uh, currently. And then finally, Mr. Lopez, please. Always open your lines to these very interesting guests and everyone else, political uh, guests that you have, medical experts, etc. You know, I think it would even make it more exciting than you. You're, you're drifting off. I'm not exactly sure I know what you were saying there. You said I should open my lines to... I, I, I would, it would be fantastic if you would open your lines uh, to all of your guests, both the political experts, the medical experts. I, I think it would make it a little more animated. Uh, and make more exciting than your program is already. I'm not sure I understand what you mean. I do. That's those are the guests I have, and I ask them questions, and they give me answers. Uh, but I mean, open open your lines to the listeners as well. Oh, so oh, I see. No, you know, when I have somebody talking about, uh, as I will on Monday, talking about the uh, the CIA relations with Poland, uh, I'm not sure I want to take calls. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, but I bet you have listeners who have uh, ex- have experience with that particular uh, field. And that's why we have there email, and that's why we have, uh, you know, there you are so all much. sorts of other ways to... Please have an excellent day. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. So and what happens is when listeners do send me suggestions, as, uh, I, I try to incorporate them, as I did today. I, I, I mentioned uh, a, a listener's request uh, earlier in the show. Okay, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Here we go. God, you know, I had this idea recently because I'm listening to the radio all the times that I'm confused. I just take the note of every time I'm confused. And I, I, I realized the other day I said, you know that trademark sign when it's written, you know, Coke trademark or, or copyright? So many words in our language are should have that after it. You realize, I, I don't know, Catherine, or... All, all the words that have crept into the language that are really trademarks. Mm. It's you know true. Like, well, like podcast. Tra- podcast. That was, that's created by, uh, it's Apple. It, it, it's not cast and it doesn't go to an iPod. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, yeah. all, I, I'm confused all the time because cause when people say things, I'm like, I, I, go, I now mutter, TM. Meaning that's a brand name, you know. I mean, and if, and now take note of that. How many times people are talking as if this is standard? English. Oh, oh, phone. There's your example. When uh, Alexander Graham Bell invented it, he called it a phone. Today, a phone is that thing in your pocket, not this thing yeah. that I'm holding, which attaches to the wall. So, 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 what they call a smartphone or whatever should be a phone. TM. You know, Ross and I talk with that. Remember when you used to say Xeroxing, which you don't anymore. Now you say photocopy, but Xeroxing, it was like that was the the word. Googling, you Google something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. We take nouns and make them into verbs, don't we? Mm -hmm. Like Googling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It started with borking. Remember borking? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's an old one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, luckily we moved on from that one. Uh, 
Thank you for your call. Should we take another call? B.A., we don't have any more calls. Well, uh, any final words? Because we're kind of close to the end of this segment anyway. Uh, I'm sure that I've left all sorts of stuff out that I should have included. (laughs) On what that last caller was talking about, though, it's interesting because years ago, when we were just starting out, we used to get a magazine called Writer's Digest. Mm-hmm. And there would always be an article every other... Remember that, Catherine? Yeah, um, I do. Week, there'd be an article and it would be like, uh, there'd be an ad. And the ad would be Kleenex Corporation would say, you know, when your character has a, you know has to sneeze, make sure he uses Kleenex. And they would have the little TM signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little- I remember this very well, Ross. I actually do, yeah. Very, very, a lot of companies were very concerned about it. The one thing we've noticed as we've gotten older, though, as Cass said with Xerox, is those things come and go. We start using them. They seem like they've like entered the language and then they disappear. Like right now, Zooming, we're Zooming right yeah. now. with. And will that word last? As I say Zooming now as a verb, like Leonard just was saying it. It's a, mm. it's a But I say let's Zoom tomorrow or let's Skype tomorrow. <laughs> both of those are, are, are company or, or, or names. And I'm using them both as a verb, but are they going to last? Are we going to say something else in 10 years? Well, I don't know. My great thanks I... to both of you for Zooming with me. We've run out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but uh, you're going to be back soon, I hope. Oh, we well, always, we'll Zoom back as <laughs> soon as we can. <laughs> Kathy and Ross Petrus, uh, their books include, are Awkward uh, Moments, A Lively Guide to the 100 Terms Smart People Should Know. That doesn't mean what you think it means, and you're saying it wrong, all published by 10 Speed Press. And they also have, forgive me for using this word, a podcast called <laughs> You're Saying It Wrong. Speak to you soon. Great. Great. Loved it. Thank you for having us. espresso <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> You know, that could get me in a lot of trouble with the Me Too movement. Uh, That brings us to the end of today's show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn for preparing today's discussion and to our live engineer, Richie Johnson, and to Keziah Glow, the executive producer of Leonard Lopez at Large, for all of the important work that they do throughout the week. If you're just discovering this program and would like to hear more of our one-hour deep dive interviews, you can access all of our over 600 past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. Our podcast, which recently surpassed 1 million plays, is available on iTunes, the Apple channel, and everywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you'd like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopit at wbai.org. Before I sign off, I need to ask you to consider supporting WBAI to keep the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. We're asking all of our listeners who have the means to do so to make a contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to wbai.org or by calling 212-209-2950 right now. We need your help to keep bringing you this unique in-depth content and to pay for our broadcast tower. Uh, Whether you make a one-time contribution or become a sustaining member, what we call a BAI buddy, the important thing is that you step up and show your support for Leonard Lopez at Large and the station that brings it to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. So why not make that call right now to 212 
209-2950 or go online to give to WBAI.org. Because, you know, WBAI relies 100% on listener donations. We don't take ads or foundation grants, and that allows us to be completely free speech radio. So if you tune in regularly to Leonard Lopate at Large, why not let us know that you appreciate what we do on this show by making that call to 212-209-2950 or by going online to give to WBAI.org to play a part in keeping this historic station the only one on the New York radio dial that's 100% listener-sponsored, alive and thriving with your tax-deductible support. We hope you can join us again on Monday when John Panfret will discuss his new book about Polish spies in the CIA called From Warsaw with Love. You won't want to miss it. Have a great weekend.